0: Hello and welcome to Springboard Adventure University. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you to Ghana's foremost developmental program running since 2008. This is your most inspirational show and that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, and the Ghana Gross Program. Talking about the Ghana Gross Program, it's an initiative of the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in collaboration with the Mastercard Foundation and Limehouse aimed at inspiring young people to choose careers in agriculture, agribusiness, and ATVET, and to find decent and fulfilling jobs. So, The Future of Jobs report by the World Economic Forum highlighted two areas of interest in their 2023 report, and those were the areas of agriculture and online education. They were saying those two areas are of great interest because of growth. Interestingly, in the past one year, the five fastest growing industries in Africa have been number one, financial technology, number two, food, then e-commerce, real estate and logistics it is even estimated that this year food will jump to number one and stay there for a while how big is this food conversation today in the studios i have a friend of mine who i would call a political scientist a pastor farmer. a farmer and a youth advocate <coughs> to help us break down how big the food conversation is <laughs> all being from kumasi my brother and friend reverend evans Tremesa. Safu, good to see you. Good to see you. All right. Thanks for coming (laughs) all all the way just to be with us. Thank you. I have been tracking your work for three years, and let me start by saying congratulations for all that you do and championing agriculture and inspiring young people to deliberately make career choices in that space. So congratulations, eh? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So. You were smiling when I said political <laughs> scientist, pastor, farmer, and youth advocate. Let's break it down. I mean, for anyone who may have known you in school, you were doing political science. Yes. Then you felt the call of the Lord and went on to become a pastor. Sure. So we've known you as a pastor and an effective pastor at that for years. One day I woke up and I saw you on Facebook in the farm, and everyone was so excited. And I said, wow, that's it. <laughs> and I began to follow. And it got better and better and better. And the rest of the is history. History. Tell us, how did it start? Thank you
1: very much, uh, Rev, for the opportunity. I think that uh, first, somewhere around 2018, thereabouts, I embarked on um, uh, outreach in the rural communities to reach out to people about uh, the gospel. There was this particular family that I, you know I really got connected with. It. So anytime I go to the village side I try to get them around. And there was this particular day when I got there. He said, "Um please could you uh speed up because um I have to engage some women on my farm who are coming to uh, take some produce." I said, I mean what produce?" She he mentioned um, cassava. And and I was I was a little bit Alarm. I said, why? Why cassava? And he said, well, this cassava is for industrial use. It's not the edible one, not the one that we use in our homes. And I said, wow. So I took keen interest. And then I followed him to the farm. Rev, when I got to the farm and saw how the whole farm looked so green, the cassava there, and how they have harvested the cassava and they were off-taking it and, and loading it up, and the enthusiasm of the woman, I mean, I got, I got, I got amazed. I mean, I was shocked. And that really, something within me just really, you know, connected. That I should, I should really do something about it. So I told the guy, look, you know what, I want to do something. I want to do this cassava farm. I would like to do something. So how do I get in, in, into it? So he told me that well, the first thing that you needed to do, rent a land. I said, I'm ready, you know. And then I rented the land for two years, and then uh, I got two acres, so I gave him money. We started together, you know, as a farm supervisor or or something, so we rented it and then we started. Now, when we we did the two acres, later on I hired additional two acres, but the first two acres after one year, when I also went to harvest it, I was shocked the kind of harvest that I got from this cassava. And that really, really shocked me because two acres of cassava, I got about eight full trucks tractors of the cassava. And I made about triple of the money that I invested in. So I like, what? This is this is serious. You know, I moved on to get 10 acres. And then to cut long story short, I got into 500 acre farm through some investment I got from a Z bank and then from that time, I'm moving to a very large scale commercial farming. But when I started the farming and I was making a lot of, you know, profit from it, especially during the COVID time uh, 2020, when we're all under lockdown, that was even when I made a lot of profit from it. A lot of, I mean, I was selling, a lot of kinds of people were coming there. The women were moving to the farm. They were taking it, calling me. I mean, I I really felt good about it, you know? So. 2021, I realized that uh, I couldn't keep this into myself. I, I felt that I should be able to do something around it, to get more young people to, to also look at it and see, because I, I saw the value. And and that value was what really drove me to getting young people to look at it, to see how they can they can also get themselves involved. And that really helped, helped me to be able to move into that advocacy, and I've been doing that since. And so, the drive to really look at it was, was the profit I got, but later on I felt that uh, I couldn't keep it to myself. I needed to get more people also to look at that area, to see it how they could also benefit from it. And for me, if we are all getting something from it, we are all driving a certain developmental agenda. To increasing livelihood and helping people to spread prosperity,
0: Pastor Evans. Let me ask you: Do you think that agriculture could be the game changer for employing Africa's youth? I believe so, and I'm going to give you
1: reason why. If we look at the global food economy, it's almost around 10 trillion today. The global food system, the whole market for food, and the value chain and everything is closing out to about 10. Trillion dollars, but the reason why it's going to be the game changer is that population wise, the way the Africa population is growing, in fact, it's estimated that by 2050 we could be reaching 10 billion, you know, for global population, and food is going to be the biggest need for the population. If you look at Africa population, we are 1.4 billion, it's estimated that, and it's growing at the rate of 2.4 percent, and by 2050, the population will hit around 2.5 billion. So if you look at how the population is growing, there is a need for a commensurate food productivity to be able to meet that need. You know, hunger is, 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 is rising. If you look at Ghana, the way our population is even rising. You know, we are 31 million. We are almost going to around 32, 33 million, okay? By 2030, we'll be hitting about 34 million people okay and food is going to be the greatest need of population so the the opportunities that are there are enormous because the value chain is huge production marketing distribution logistics storage financial management uh, marketing communication uh, leadership i mean all this value chain present enormous opportunities for young people to take advantage of and i think that for me the agri sector or the agriculture is the biggest entry point for young people in terms of career options, especially when we are facing a lot of unemployment rate in Africa and even in Ghana. Are you aware that recently uh, a data came out that about 2.5 million young people were, were idle and out of it, about out of every three of them, we have two women or female not doing anything. So. The challenges that are happening also present opportunities at the same time for young people. And if we're able to really position it very well and drive very strong advocacy and and make people see it as the viable career option, um, I have a strong conviction that many young people will look at it, they will take careers out of it, they will build families out of it, prosperity will spread when we increase our Livelihood. We will build economy of the country. We will uh, create more jobs for young people. For the foreign exchange uh, will come in because people begin to move into production and they will go to export, you know, and add value addition. So, I see the agri sector for me as the biggest entry point to accommodate everyone, and not only young people but everyone who is interested. If you can have your own um, eight to five job, still take a hobby in aggregate to create some kind of um, another stream of income for yourself. So, so I mean, I see it as, as the biggest, biggest place.
0: Let me speak your pastoral language more. Let's do one of the strongholds that has prevented people from going into what should obviously be the default place everyone should be looking. Mm. I mean, if it is so obvious, why don't we have many young people many young women, many young men, many people out of school looking first at agriculture before anywhere else.
1: Okay, um, I will say two or three things in this area. Number one, I believe that there's a certain mindset disconnect between the youth and agriculture. The reason is that how we have presented agriculture over, over the last few years, or over the years, has created that misperception or misconception about agrig, you know, so the young people are not attracted to it because they believe that it is a place for the poor and when you don't have anything to do is when you, you go into agrig or you want to be a farmer, they don't have enough information about agriculture they think that going to the agric sector is only going to farm, but they don't understand that agrig has even, you know, evolved over the years. So the mindset disconnection or the misconception has really created that kind of uh, detachment you know, from the young people to see a as the place of default, as we said. The other thing I also believe is that we need a certain inspiration and leadership to be able to drive many people into that area. And I say it to say that the way our young people, their mindset and the way they are framed up and the way they do their things, you don't just need somebody or anybody to just say, oh, I'm developing a great policy, you know, and there's, these are all incentives for you. If you go in, you're going to get there, you're going to get there. No! You need an inspirational leader to drive it. Somebody who's already there, a young person who's already there, doing it and showing the way. So inspirational leadership is also very, very important. And we need people who are passionate about what they are doing they can really dispense inspiration and 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 bring up hope for the people to to see that well, if this person is doing it, I mean, then it means that I can also do it. So, inspiration is important. Perception, creating that picture for the person to see that it is valuable, it is attractive. It's a place that I can make my life count. There, I can really get livelihood out of it i can create my prosperity out of agriculture it is all about positioning how we position it you know in the minds of the young people it's not really about the politicians leading the pack it is we getting people who are leaders in their own right and can really inspire you know leadership is not positional you know you can have a political position without being a leader you know but somebody may not necessarily occupy the position but can have enormous leadership by leading a lot of people to look at it. And I feel that if we're really going to drive this to get more people there, we need inspirational leaders. People who are already carrying a certain aura of inspiration. People look up to them, you know, for action. And we can do that once we're able to get these people to lead it. I, I have strong belief that we can get more young people to look at that, that space and to really taking up career
0: and developing their lives from there. This is Springboard of Virtual University, and today we are talking about jobs and opportunities in agriculture and agribusiness, and I am privileged to have my friend, political scientist, pastor, and farmer, as well as youth advocate, Reverend Evans Chair from Kumasi, helping us to appreciate the story of his own foreign into agriculture, and even more importantly, why he believes that many more young people should dare to dream and go into that space and do big things and he's saying that among other things if we can have practitioners who are inspirational challenging young people that it can be done it will make a world of difference with young people going into it with confidence knowing that if they've seen somebody do it then they can also do it that's why he's here on springboard your virtual university telling a story and inspiring you and saying listen look at me I went in there and I can tell you it is possible. You can also do it. Also, the picture of one person doing it is more valuable than 10 stories. Mm. Now looking at your venture into agriculture and the impact you've been able to make first in your own life, in your own farms, in your own work, the people you have employed, and thought you have inspired to go into the venture. Do you foresee this kind of transformation being replicated nationwide with many young people entering different parts of the agriculture value chain and finding their livelihood there? I believe that this is the time.
1: I see it. The reason I see it is that uh, I have experienced it uh, within the shortest possible time that i started this advocacy and i i have seen how hungry these young people are to locating opportunities for themselves and willing to do something for their for their lives look now we started advocating this agri stuff and then Showing my pictures about the farming and everything, I put together a conference. Could you believe that we had people who passed themselves all the way from Western and North. People came from uh, Northern region, Volta region. You know, the first conference, we sent over 5,000 people, young people. And uh, the second one, 4,000 something, now we have more than 15,000 people in a database. All crying for opportunities to go into agriculture. Somebody will call you and the person will tell you that I've finished school, uh, I don't have a job to do, and please, I'm ready to do agriculture, I'm ready to go into agriculture, just help me. How can you help me to go into it? We have a lot of these young people crying for that opportunity. So it is possible, within the shortest possible time, I believe that we can move over one million of our young people into agriculture sector doing different and getting themselves engaged at different value chain. Some can go into uh distribution. A lady called me and said that based on that inspiration that she's inspired by my, my work in the agri space she has decided to go into rice value chain. She wants to become a rice distributor and she was asking her, how's she going to start and where must she start from and she does she just want to she just came from UK she has some a small capital, but she doesn't really know what to do. But following me for about a month, she decided that she want to be a farmer or move into the agribusiness and she want to become a rice a distributor. You know, this is what this is what you are talking about. If you can get thousands of these people coming out Okay, to move into the value chain, you can sell, you can take from from the farm. You can do some, some people can even You know, build a consortium, come together, want to move into, to deliver solutions for transportation alone. So, the opportunities are huge, and we need an intentionality
0: to drive it. When you talk about big opportunities, you see it, I see it. Why don't people see it? You see,
1: eyes that look are plenty, but only few eyes can see. But those who can see should be able to direct those who don't see to see.
0: That is what you are trying to do now. As I help those who don't see to see, what should they do?
1: Where should they look? How should they proceed? I said that we need inspirational leaders to lead us. Okay, you are doing it, I'm doing it. They must, they must reach out to us. Those who want to do it must reach out to us. The people should be able to walk to your office now and say, Reverend Abed, I'm ready to go into aggregate. How do I start? Have people who walk to us and they say it. How do I start? We have trained over 600 of these people just this year alone. You know, We have set up some of these young people to do their own farms, to move to their own. Uh, as a young man, just we gave him money. He started his own catfish farm. And today, by the next three months, the catfish you know, will be ready to be harvested. So he will sell them will get his money, plow them back into expanding. So the opportunities are they, they just have to reach out to the people who are doing it. And I'm sure uh, uh, we are ready to support them, people to do it. It's all about looking for that opportunity, looking for those who are doing it, going to them, you know, and I know how accessible you are. When people come to you, you don't turn them down. You 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 are willing to help people. That has been your way. For- for the last 15 years, when I, I knew you about Springboard, uh, going from university to university, challenging young people. I really remember uh, one day you invited me on one of the Springboard to become young uh, well, people. Yeah. Exactly. So you have been in this space for quite some time. And I think that people should be able to assess us to help them to be able to, do. because a lot of these young people are looking for opportunities. And I think that this is the time for, for them to reach out so that they can be helped and assisted.
0: This is Springboard a Virtual University. I'm having a very inspiring conversation here with Reverend Ivan Shevins, who has built his own, his own capacity as an advocate for agriculture and agribusiness over the years. And he's telling the story of how, through the initiative he has taken, he's not only built his own venture, but now is challenging many more young people to go into the space and to do well. We'll go for a brief break. When we come back, we'll literally ring the bell and say, arise and move. And if you are listening today and you listen with rapt attention, by the time this program is over, you will have at least one or two ideas about what to do, where to go, how to start. And one thing is certain, if you want to, you can do something. Please don't go away. When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere never feel alone, How far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere
1: you, you go.
0: Kojo Korea, a tread Billy Goats.
1: The same
0: I am sending you this WhatsApp audio because you are the group admin. Did I not sit in the same class with you? As them. It took the group more than three months to contribute only a thousand CDs for me when it took just one week to contribute the same amount for Nana. If
1: Why? Name, looking faces. <laughs>
0: A situation like this can be avoided. Sign on to Alumni by Enterprise Life. Designed for members of all students' associations. You decide a fixed amount that covers the lives of members, their spouses, and two adult relations. Say bye-bye to unequal welfare contributions with Alumni by Enterprise Life. It's possible. Charlie,
1: call Daniel on 0246-373653 or Karen on 050-162-7361.
0: Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard, a virtual university brought to you by the Springboard Rocio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse the Enterprise Group and the Ghana Growth Program with media support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. My conversation today is about jobs and opportunities in the agricultural sector, and I'm privileged to be joined by my friend and my brother, the pastor and the farmer, Reverend Evans Tremenza. He's been sharing very important lessons about his perspectives on the sector. And the first is the fact that he was inspired to go into farming while visiting a rural community on his evangelistic outreach and stumbling upon a family cultivating industrial cassava and that little spark leading him to do first two acres, then 10, then 500, and then going eventually into full-scale commercial farming. The second point is about advocacy. He says, during the COVID, While everyone else was locked down or shut down, the progress he made and his own profitability inspired him to challenge many other young people to look at agriculture as a potential opportunity for themselves. The third is about if the global food economy is 10 trillion and the population is expected to rise to 10 billion by 2050, there's only one conclusion. Food will be the greatest need of that ever-growing population. And so we must look there. And that's a very powerful point. The fourth is about opportunities in the value chain. You say it ranks from the production to the processing, to the export, to the communication, value addition, everything in between. And it's the biggest entry point for young people, in your opinion. Then you identify the barriers to the sector as a mindset disconnect for young people and that perception that agriculture is for the poor rural farmer and also the lack of information about the funded value chain. You go and talk about positioning, and you say, there's a need for many more practitioners who will inspire young people and provide inspirational leadership exactly. for them to go into the sector. Then you talk about the potential of many, many young people out there desirous to go into the sector. Exactly. And if you get our act right, you could really, literally move a million people yeah. into that space. You end up by talking about the fact that there are many who look but few who see opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you are seeing that those who are interested should reach out for mentorship mm-hmm. and for direction. Great. What is the biggest lesson you've learned on this journey, on this agricultural journey that you'd like to share with somebody who says, I'm interested, I'm looking in there. What, what's your biggest lesson so far in your agricultural week?
1: The lesson is that you, you keep learning more. And then the, um, having been there, I've seen that it, it gives you a lot of perspective about life for you to really relate with, with nature. The other thing is also that um, uh, it gives you a certain resilient spirit. You are able to build resilience, you know, to hope for the best and to really wait for something that is valuable. For when you put something, you know, in the ground, it doesn't just get up. You have to wait and it teaches, you know, that family teaches you patience in life. Family teaches you resilience, how you can be able to, believe and wait and stand and really go through a certain process to arriving at a certain destination, you know. So it, it has its own uh, ability to get people to, to, to do the right thing, to become good people, to become uh, people who really uh, love life and love people
0: and love planets. Let me delve a bit more into your personal life. Being a farmer, has it made you a better pastor? It, uh, it has. It has,
1: it has really made me to appreciate how our members will come to sit under us, go through everyday life, and not to take advantage of them. Uh, you, know, you realize that you are doing the same thing that you do every day. You are in the sun. They are also in the sun the market. They are pushing. They are hustling. They are, they are trying to find food you know, for their, for themselves and their family. They are working to put uh, money in their pocket to pay bills. You are doing the same thing, you know, and it makes you humble. It makes you to appreciate that. Uh, after all, uh, it's a privilege to be standing in front of these beautiful people, to be speaking to them every day or every Sunday or every weekend. It, it makes you to really come down to that level to understand how people go through every day. When I wake up in the morning and I drive two hours to the farm and two hours back, by the time I get to the house, my whole body is aching. I feel that the same person who comes to sit under your, your ministration every Sunday has been doing this every day, every week, every month, the rest of the day, that's what the person has been doing. You know, so it sense, a certain perspective for you to appreciate a little effort from people who are around you. And uh, for me, um, it gives me another um, inspiration to
0: also uh, want to help, you know. Do you think every leader who manages people must do some, some amount of farming? I think so.
1: I think that if the opportunity presents itself, if people have time and they have the space to do that, they should do it. It really is a turning point for people who want to do that because look rev i it has really really you know given me a certain perspective about life and to also appreciate that we need to be there for people we need to learn patience with people we have to give people room to grow we have to allow people to go through process you know we need to learn how to accept no for an answer. We need to learn how to be disappointed and be okay with it. Because there are times you go to the farm, you're expecting a certain uh, growth, you don't see it. You, you should be able to accept it, you know. You must also realize that uh, uh, you don't control life. I mean, these are basic life lessons that we can learn from farming. And I think that it has really humbled me. And, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. I
0: listened to you and I'm, and I'm asking also about multiple income streams. In one of my recent conversations about job pathways, one of my guests said, everyone must have an alternative income stream, not because you don't trust the first one, but in the event that it is disrupted, you literally can switch to that second stream And not find yourself Mm. or your family totally Mm. displaced. Based on your experience, what would you like to see about having multiple income streams? It's very important.
1: I think that having multiple streams of income helps you to spread risk and also to be able to uh, build resilience against uncertain times and unpredictable times that may fall on you. Because if you have the if you, you may not know what will happen, what is ahead of us. So, if we have only one income and the unexpected happens, and that one income is not flowing like the way it used to, what are you going to do? For example, give you a typical example. When the, the banking crisis happened and people were only dependent on their jobs and they lost their jobs, some of them were laid off, uh, what did they do? What happened? Some were in shock, you know, because they were thinking how they were going to now create income avenues. And some of them, it was like a tall order for them, you know. But when you have a multiple streams of income, what happens is that you are able to build, you know, income safety nets, okay, any time, any day, you know, and uh, you are able to fall on it when the need arises. So it is important that um, we, we use our Greek avenues as a pathway to creating multiple streams of income and generating wealth and creating perspective for ourselves and our future, and the future of our children. And, and I think that is, is very important.
0: I look at you and I, I think back to your first two acres. <laughs> and I doubt that even you, a man of faith as you are, at the point where you were renting your first two acres, imagined that you would one day have not just two, but several hundreds and more, and even go on to become an advocate. Let's speak to the issue of starting small. What would be your thoughts?
1: Well, yes, I, I believe that life is a, is a progressive continuity. We need to start from somewhere and build on it over time to get to where you want to go. You don't just jump and then you arrive. Even nature even teaches us that we, we give birth to a baby. The baby has to grow from Day one up to it gets to uh, 90 years, 100 years. What have you? We all have to start small, but we have to have a vision of growing big and going big and spreading ourselves to creating huge impacts and making people's life better. So I really believe it. I we have recently negotiated over 41,000 acres. Uh, we are working on uh, adding value to what we are doing. To creating more jobs for people and and spreading better livelihoods for our community people. So we that is why I believe that young people must see aggregate. Start small. Start something. You know that like um, years ago, our head of state, um, uh, General Champong said that uh, we must all begin to now do uh, food. Uh, you know, appreciate feed yourself. You know, everybody should do. Uh, garden get into your small land that you have do something you know and let me tell you this you see because of the global population and things that are happening okay technology is very important and urbanization too is another key factor that is going to affect food so people are going to do what we call vertical farming and it's going to be very very popular okay and it's going to come Especially in Accra, Kumasi, a lot of people are going to resort to vertical farming where we have to have, have a controlled environment to be growing vegetables and, and what have you. So these are things that as we keep talking about it and engaging more people, the interest will really will build up and a lot of people will look at it. So starting small is important. We have to start small. We have to start from somewhere two acres by the grace of Golika where we are, somebody can start from one acre, another person can start. When we we be helping these young people, they start from one acre, and we appreciate it from starting from there, because I tell them, you know what, you need to build character, knowledge, resilience. You need to learn how to do it, okay? Make all the mistakes you you need to make around that one acre, around that half an acre, and by the time you learn how to do farming, you will begin to love it and everything. Then gradually, you'll be increasing. There was this young guy who um, came for one of our summits. After that, he took one plot from his mother and, and cultivated cassava. Joe FM came and interviewed this guy, and somebody heard the story and decided to give him 10 acres for free. So his one plot, and being resilient at it, working the farm has earned him 10 additional acres by uh, a generous person. So it's very important that you have to start. You have to at least start from somewhere. The starting is key. You you need to really get to the ground and do something, because that's where you start from. You know, and once you start it, I'm sure gradually you you mount up and 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 get to some place.
0: Let me let me take your story. And, and just work it a, a, for a couple of minutes. So, you find a number of people like this young man who will not take the one plot and start, but who want that 10 acre person mm-hmm. to show them kindness. And when it does not come, they see the system is not supporting us. I'm just excited by the story you just told because I see three key. Mm. blocks in it. Exactly. First is the young person's initiative to mm. say, I may not have one acre, Good. but there is one, one plot road. I can borrow from my mother. Exactly. And borrow the one plot and started. Mm. Then there is the joy that throws light mm. on that one plot. Mm. Mm. And that light or that communication or that exposure is the trigger that lets the third factor, which is the person with the 10, C and C R, Wow, I can help exactly. Too. But exactly. the beginning that you identify mm-hmm. is the fact that instead of sitting down and shouting for help or shouting for ten acres, mm-hmm. he found one plot mm-hmm. and started smoking.
1: Very good. And, and you know that somebody will say there, and person say, oh, this guy got lucky. He got like, no, but he didn't get lucky. He was he actually prepared himself and his preparation got him that opportunity. So we don't get luck or lucky. We don't get like we don't you can't say that that like, you got like no preparation meeting opportunity gives you that chance. Okay, so if he had not started with that one plot, he wouldn't have gotten that 10 acres. He prepared himself for one plot. That one plot spring bored him mm-hmm. to that word pretended. <laughs> 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 no, no, right. No, no. So so there's nothing like I'm lucky, or he's lucky. No, what is the
0: preparation? The reason why I'm asking you to highlight that point is because your story is so inspirational that if we don't, if we don't highlight the fact that you started small from somewhere, very very important. Somebody just wants to become that Reverend Ivan's Chairman overnight and sees the picture and wants wants the result overnight. But the beginnings the struggle Mm. and I'm glad you talked about the fact that there is also disappointments. Exactly. Disappointments. And you say you will learn leadership and when you are leading people Mm. you will appreciate it. (laughs) I think that you owe it to the the listeners and viewers to share to share the pains and the disappointments too. Mm. If not, we will do them a great injustice because they will believe that automatically once they also start from somewhere. No, no, it it doesn't it it, it doesn't it
1: does look. Uh, It's been a journey, that's what I told you, about resilience. Yeah, tell us about that. It builds resilience because it has never been an easy journey for us. For instance, you have to deal with a certain mindset block with the chiefs and landowners and family heads. That is another board game altogether. That is another war, in quotes, that you have to deal with. You know, because the land tenure system in our country is a little bit, uh, in some way, you know, majority, about 70% somewhere. of our lands are invested in uh, family heirs and, and chiefs and, and, you know. So in dealing with that, you really have to have a lot of uh, stamina for that. You know, there's also the struggle to really get it right right from from the scratch i mean we had a lot going in the night we, we our car will break down i mean we, we don't have any mechanic anywhere sometimes we have to push the car you know for close to a kilometer to put it in a safer place there are times i will call home that i will not be coming to the house because where i am i can't make it you get it i mean we've been bitten by snakes scorpions oh, yeah. You, you you are working with people. They get bitten by quickly. You have to watch them and look for and look for help. Scorpions will be threatening you, and, and so so it's not just rosy like like we are seeing it. There is a lot of battles to get it. You know where going. You see, that is why many of the young people they they get a little bit frightened. They don't want to be, really get involved because they think that this is hard work, this one will break me, I can't go and stay in the village. No, 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 if you are doing farming, then it means that, no, you can't, you'll be detached from the city life, you know. But you see, you you have to be determined. You have to really create your future, okay? There is no future for anybody, all of us, we create it. You create your future from your present circumstances. And I want the young people to understand that for us to be able to move our country forward, they have to make sacrifices. They need to uh, be determined to contribute their quota to the development of the country. We cannot afford to say that the government alone should do it for us. The government is doing it best. The government is, is hoping that they will create the enabling environment for all of us. But you, the young person, the young man, the youth, you have to have that mindset that you are going to create your own future and live your own future. And that is very important because it has to do with the mindset shift. There has to be a certain mindset revolution that people must break that that entitlement mentality. That do it for me, I, I, you get it? No, I'm just sitting now, and you must do it. You must do it. Yeah. Government, 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 government. No, I mean, a president said that don't only think about what what the government or the nation can do for you. Think about what you can also do for your nation. So it's a collective responsibility. It's a collective approach. If you like a collaborative approach from both the youth and then the government, private sector, stakeholders, all of us must get involved to making sure that we build a nation where the young people are really happy and they are comfortable to really driving the national agenda of our economic development. And it comes with collective responsibility, with a mindset shift. If you had the power to change one thing about how we behave, what would it be? We must begin to believe in our country. Mm. We must believe nobody will come and build Ghana for us, except us. Nobody. Nobody is going to build it for us. So you We have to be we believe have to believe in a country. We have to believe that we can make it work. It can really create a sustainable future in our own country.
0: In your mind, one of the biggest potential triggers of that Ghana you're talking about is agriculture. It's agriculture. I believe it. You're a good man. I believe you're it. You're a good man. No, you know, you <laughs> I, believe
1: was, I believe it. I believe it has the potential to drive economic growth. Look, agriculture even has the potential to strengthen national security.
0: You know what? The next conversation I have with you, eh, it will be on that 41,000-acre farm <laughs> in that shanty region. I shall move the whole machinery to your farm. Oh, my God. You know, we must do this again. We have to. We I have enjoyed this we conversation. Have to. And we for the benefit to. of those who just joined us, I told you that I'm going to bring you a, a political scientist trained... A pastor by, by vocation, and a farmer by choice, and a youth advocate challenging us all to build our country and seeing it can be done. If you were taking notes, like many of you do during the virtual university, um Evans has left us 15 thinking points. Let me see if I can summarize them. First is about his entry into farming and the inspiration drawn from a family planting industrial cassava. The second is about advocacy inspired by the opportunities he saw during the COVID. The third is about agriculture as a game changer for the global economy and the need for food. The fourth is about job opportunities in the expanded value chain and being the biggest entry point for young people. The fifth is about the barriers that prevent young people from entering into agriculture and the fact that those barriers can be broken the sixth is about positioning and the need for role models inspirational leaders who are practicing who will inspire young people to go into it the seventh is about the huge potential of young people out there many crying out of opportunities in the sector the eighth point is about seeing <laughs> that many are looking but few are seeing and that there are opportunities in the sector the ninth Point is his lessons from agriculture and the fact that you keep, you keep learning every day and you get deep perspectives about life out of agriculture. The tenth is that agriculture has made him a better pastor and a better leader because he has empathy and is humbled him to be able to relate better to his congregation. The eleventh point is about leadership and the fact that any leader who gets to practice cultivating and nurturing Food or doing agriculture will have a different outlook in managing people and be able to understand, for instance, disappointments when the crop yield does not come the way that you want it, but you still have to your own. That's another advantage of agriculture. The 12th point is about multiple income streams. It says they spread the risk and build resilience in a safety net in the case of any disruption in your life. Your 13th point is about starting small. You say, listen, start small from somewhere and prepare yourself and do your bit. And when the Lord throws light on your small and then the technical opportunity comes, you're not lucky. You prepared yourself and you did your small and God rewarded it. The 14th point is that you're seeing that technology will enable new opportunities like vertical farming, Mm -hmm. growing of vegetables in in enclosed environments and so on to respond to urbanization and population growth. And your last point is that it's not been a rosy journey. It's also a challenges, like land tenure system issues with land owners, issues with technology failing you on the road, like sleeping away from home, like snakes and scorpions biting you. But it takes resilience to pursue your dream and to finally realise it. The thoughts of Reverend Evans Tre. Let me clap. Let me clap. For you. Let me clap. For you. Brilliant submissions. Asafu, I've enjoyed hanging out with you and hearing not just about your venture and the great success you made out of it but also the passion to challenge other young people to dare to also live out their dreams and to do well we will look forward to many more collaborations between springboard and your ventures and we also will look forward to next time actually traveling to Ashanti to, Regin to do an interview <laughs> on, on the farmstead. Wow. And that, that will be a beautiful experience. What well, will be your closing thoughts as we sign off today? I
1: think that uh, agribusiness will be the future of, of agriculture. And uh, I wanted to really hammer that. But you see, that future will depend on where we do our investment. And uh, I wish that uh, policymakers will really look at that space and drive a lot of investment there. Academies. And it will help us, yeah. The expanded value chain. Expanded value chain, especially whether we are the investment is going to be in the area of infrastructure, or in the area of innovation, or in the area of human development, or even if you like in the area of the business itself of the agriculture, because that is where the future is going to be. And uh, I wish that uh, policymakers will look at it because of the way the import bill is rising up, or across Africa in 2019. The Africa, whole Africa continent imported over 40 billion of food. It's estimated to reach 100 billion by 2030. That's huge. And I think that uh, we have to really sit up so that we can be able to help the continent to feed
0: ourselves and also become the food basket for the rest of the world. It's obvious that with the developments in Russia and Ukraine, if we respond appropriately, it could be a blessing in disguise. For all of us. That is what I, I want to say a big thank you to you mm-hmm. for, for coming, and once you promise that we can do this again, we will allow you to go and <laughs> take up on that promise. Eh? Thank you, thank you. Warmest regards to not just the family, but the church as a whole, the whole group of people that you employ and work with in all your ventures. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Right. So, this has been another inspiring edition of Springboard, your virtual university, brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with our sponsors, MTN Pulse, the enterprise group, and the Ghana Growth Program. As I indicated earlier, the Ghana Growth Program is a collaboration between the Springboard Racial Foundation, the MasterCard Foundation, and Limehouse, aimed at inspiring young people to choose careers in agriculture and agribusiness and ATVET spaces, and live out decent and fulfilling lives. We want to say a big thank you to our media partners, the Multimedia Group, And the graphic business. My name is Albert Ukran. Saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. For so long we've been here. We've been trying to break free. Change the.